Welcome to the B-Team Podcast. My name is John Macy. Um, I'm going to try to give my uh, thoughts on A Quiet Place 2, which I just left a showing of. Um, <sighs> there will be spoilers here, obviously. I'm going to try to wait to post this until, like, Tuesday or Wednesday. Um, but if you have not seen this and you want to, wait to listen to this until after you've seen it, because I don't know how I can actually talk about a movie like this without some level of spoilage. So you have been warned. One, two, three, four, five. Okay, there you go. Um, so this one basically, largely, with the exception of a prologue, that uh, probably an eight or ten minute prologue that is set on the first day of the invasion, uh, which was a pretty neat sequence, but I think it also kind of existed just to get John Krasinski into the movie again, um, which I don't mind. I like Krasinski just fine, but uh, I feel like maybe they wanted to write some scene that he could at least be in, uh, and it was well done, so that's fine. Um, otherwise, it picks up right from where the last one left off. Uh, it's all the same actors and stuff. Uh Killian Murphy and Jaimon Hansu are, are in this one as well. Um, so here we go into uh, spoiler territory, I suppose. Um, so it's immediately after the last film, uh, Emily Blunt and the two children. Uh, some of the characters' names are actually used this time. I don't think any of their names were actually used in the first film at all. Um, Krasinski's name was Lee Abbott. Uh, Emily Blunt's name was Evelyn, which I don't remember ever hearing. Um, the son's name was Marcus, uh, which was used fairly late in the second film. The daughter's name is still never used, and we're into two movies. Uh, I don't really care that much, because it's not like there's a ton of characters where I have to keep all their names straight. Um, the one thing I will say is that the one, there was one thing that sort of took me out of it a little bit in that... Uh, all the characters pretty much look the same, uh, which makes sense since the movie takes place immediately after the previous installment, but Noah Jupe looks like he's aged the two or three years that were actually in between. Um, so it's a little jarring to have him have aged and everyone else looks exactly the same. But, you know, his performance was still good, and everyone's performance in this was pretty solid, so I'm going to just... We'll put that off to suspension of disbelief and call it a day. Uh, so this one has Emily Blunt and the two kids leaving the farm they were on in the first film. The first film pretty much all takes place on said farm. They encounter uh, Killian Murphy's character who sort of reluctantly agrees to help them. Um, the daughter gets this idea to go. She finds that they... Uh, there's a radio signal of the same song just playing over and over and over again. And it leads her to believe that there is an island uh, close to them where there might be survivors left. Uh, so she goes looking for that, and uh, she runs off and does that on her own without telling anyone. And when Emily Blunt realizes she has left them, she sends Killian Murphy after her. So... Uh, Killian Murphy and the daughter end up carrying actually the vast majority of this movie, which is pretty short, uh, just like the last one was. The last one was thir uh, 90 minutes exactly. This was 95. Uh, 
I think that's a smart move. Obviously, with a sequel, I'm sure the first instinct is to blow it out to like 215 and throw a ton of money at it, and which they might have done that anyway, because obviously there's it just feels like a bigger canvas than the first one had. Um, obviously, they geographically it's not that much of a bigger space, but you see more aliens at one time, and there's just more people. Um, I feel like the first one was probably intentionally low budget because, you know, they probably had no idea with a first-time director like Krasinski whether something like this would actually work, and clearly the first one did. I mean, I didn't even see it till home video, but I did see it and liked it a lot. This is not usually the kind of movie I would like all that much, um, but uh, quite fun, and this one... I would bet, I haven't looked at the budget information, but I would bet they spent more money on this one, and it does show, it shows on the screen, as opposed to, you know, paying the actors and stuff, uh, which I'm sure they obviously paid them well, but uh, whatever increase in budget they have is on the screen, thankfully. Um, so it's kind of split between uh, Killian Murphy and the daughter looking for... Uh, a way to get to this supposed island that they're not even really sure is there or not, but she just has this thought that it probably is, and there might be people there. And uh, Emily Blunt and the son are basically left to defend themselves from the aliens that are around them, and there's some cool moments in there. Um, maybe I missed in the first movie that these aliens had some sort of susceptibility to water, um, again, spoilers, probably. Uh, they, uh, Killian Murphy and the daughter do find this island, and uh, Jaiman Hansu lives there among all the other people that live there. And uh, he mentions that... Um... Okay, I'm back now, sorry. Uh, I was in the theater lobby and started the podcast my transportation showed up so i had to drop it pretty fast and and leave um so back to where i was uh jaiman hansu tells the killian murphy character that they ended up on this island because where they were when the invasion took place the national guard just told them to get on boats and leave in large groups because they somehow figured out that the aliens couldn't swim i guess that was a thing. Um, I had a moment of dissonance that where it almost kind of took me out of the movie because I was reminded very unfavorably of M. Night Shyamalan's signs with that whole thing about how water uh, killed those aliens or, or had some sort of negative effect on them. And um, I think this is one of those things that if you think about it too hard, it might break your brain or break the movie for you but I was largely able to just kind of go, eh, you know, I'm, I've enjoyed this movie well enough that I'm just kind of going to allow that to go by and whatever. Um, so there's that. And uh, again, performances were great. I could have done with a little more uh, Emily Blunt. I sort of went into this assuming that she was going to be the star of this film and actually the daughter gets way more screen time than she does um and you know i saw some news coverage of the film a couple days ago where it kind of sounded like uh millicent simmons was going to get a bigger role 
this time around. I didn't think it was going to be quite that much. Um, but, uh, you know, the, it made sense for what the story they were trying to tell was. Um, the whole idea was that the island that they found these people on had a radio tower, and if she could do the little trick with the cochlear implant uh, on a bigger uh, broadcasting platform, it would uh, negatively affect the aliens in a larger scale, um, which it appeared to do when when things went in that direction. Again, we'll be doing spoilers here because I just don't know how else to do a movie like this without it. Um, one uh, complaint that I'm not, well, not really a complaint, it's just a stylistic thing that I might have done differently with both of these movies. Um, given that sound and the effects of sound are uh, at such premium with, the, with these films, uh, I find use of any kind of score sort of jarring in this situation. Because, like, to me, I was really, you know, in scenes where there is no score, I was really trying to pay attention to the ambient sound in the scene and whatever. And then when you get these moments of where there's, you know, uh, music coming in that's not, you know, natural to the scene, like somebody playing a radio or whatever. It's the, the for lack of a better term, uh, fake music that comes from a score, which, you know, is obviously meant to provide, you know, uh, emotional amplification for scenes or anything like that. But for me, because I thought kind of the whole idea of the movie is to deal with the sound, natural sound in the area, um the scored moments kind of took me out of it. And, um, I would, and I even noticed this because I rewatched the first movie, uh, yesterday just to refamiliarize myself with it. And, um, I noticed that bothered me, uh, watching the first movie again and it continued to bug me, um, with this one as well. I mean, obviously I, I, you know, I don't really know, specifics of whether you're even technically allowed by most studios to make a movie like this without some kind of score. So maybe somebody that is a bit more nuts and bolts on the production side could tell me whether, you know, there's no way a studio would try to make a movie like this without a, without some level of scoring involved. Um, even though I personally would think these, and to say that these movies are ineffective would be silly. I mean, to me, they work quite well for what they're trying to accomplish. But, I mean, you could make them even more so if you just took all the the unnecessary, like, uh, unnecessary, completely ridiculous music meant to pump scenes up when it doesn't really need it to begin with. Just remove all that and just let it... <laughs> let it lie on the sound that it already gives you. Um, but, you know, I get the desire to, you know, like I said, most movies are probably going to be made in this way. Um, I think you'd probably almost have to make such an argument to not have that in a film that um, it's probably not worth it to the filmmakers to try to make that argument. Um, but I think I would 
and like I said, I enjoy both of these movies quite a bit, and um, but I think I would enjoy them even more if you know you're not constantly going like, why is all this bullshit music playing? Um, when they could just go without it, and it seems like it would be more effective. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of. Uh, I don't want to go too long for people because I feel like the more you say, the more you're gonna wreck. Um, I keep, I see articles about how this sets up a third movie. Um, I didn't see that. I mean, that's not to say that you couldn't do another one if you wanted to, and I'm sure if this does well, depending on what well is in our current environment, um, if this does well and they will consider a third film, obviously, and we'll, you know, we'll see whether Krasinski and Blunt want to do another one. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm honestly not sure. I mean, you obviously could, I just didn't see, you know, the first one has an obvious road to where we are now with this one, but, uh, I did not see as much of an obvious path toward another one with the way this one ends. Um, so yeah. Um, I really did did like the uh, the opening bit, um, the prologue scene, basically where they show the initial invasion. Um, really neat, really neat scene of like the small town that they the Abbots live in being torn apart by these aliens and just people being eaten and cars being destroyed and whatever. I mean, you can def. This is one of those bits where you can definitely tell they spent some more money here. Um, the other thing I appreciated is that you, and I think the first movie does this as well, and hopefully they will continue to do this. One thing I was concerned with going in is like, are you going to see more from the alien's perspective? And is it going to kind of ruin, like, there's a certain amount of mystery with these aliens because you don't, you know, the audience learns stuff as the characters do, and it's not like you don't see like massive congregations of these aliens and find out that they have some sort of plan and that they're doing things for reasons, which I'm sure they are in, in however their minds work, but it's not like the audience isn't given that. So I did find it sort of interesting that, um, you know, even with a sequel where sequels tend to be expanded and, and all that kind of thing, that this didn't try to expand anything from the alien perspective. It was all just, it all continued to be from the perspective of this family. And, you know, eventually it expands out to uh, the people that the daughter and Killian Murphy meet on this island. Um, so, I mean, I do kind of appreciate the, I don't want to say restrained nature of it, but I can't think of another word right now, and it's one forty-eight in the morning. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Um, I would say if you are a fan of the first film, you will most likely enjoy this. Um, I didn't, other than that water thing, which, I mean, like I said before, maybe I missed a prior explanation or something previous that showed you that they had difficulty with water or whatever. Um and perhaps if I wasn't, if this wasn't a series of films I already liked, then maybe I would have been a little harder on that. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, 
for the first, I guess this is technically a big movie for the year. Um, a big movie that first big movie of the summer that are spring or is this spring now? I guess we're in May, uh, late May, early June. I, I think this technically counts as spring maybe. Um, but for the first big movie of the season, I thought it was fairly successful. Um, so yeah, uh, hope this finds everyone well tonight and, um, we will be, we'll be doing, I'll be trying to do my normal comic book show in the next day or two. I took last week off cause we were busy. So I've got probably like 25 books to go over. I'm not entirely sure how I'm going to do that without running out of gas. Again, I think the last time I did one that big, it got to be kind of a strain at the end, and I hope it didn't show to uh, the people that might listen to it. Um, I, I'm also having the problem that I don't really remember much of the stuff I read from the first week, uh, so maybe I'll have to reread some stuff even, or I might try to break it up somehow. Um, we also have the Maximum Carnage show with Steven Becker coming uh, we recorded that a couple weeks ago and have just been waiting for the right time to put it out, so that'll probably be this week. Um, we're going to be doing uh, Braveheart pretty soon, which is my favorite movie of all time after we did uh, Back to the Future as Justin's favorite film. Um, so we'll be doing that one and more of those. Uh, I know Josh requested The Terminator, so we'll be doing that sometime in the next month or two, I believe. Um yeah, hope everyone has a great holiday weekend. Uh, enjoy your Memorial Day, everyone. And uh, watch this space for more material coming soon. Thank you.